I know. We've I, gone over this so many times. Yeah, but why don't I remember? I don't know. Okay. It's a bonus. Like, you should feel like you're getting something special. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are moving on from that. Sorry about that. All right, welcome back to episode two of this current bonus episode series. My name is Hannah Phipps. I'm here with my father, Brian Phipps, and we are going over your questions that you guys sent in. We are so excited to be answering these for you. Today's question, you seem to say that Bible studies are not adequate for making disciples. Are you saying that? If not, what are you saying? <laughs> I really do like this question. I, uh, I just thanks for asking such a direct question. It came in different ways, but that is kind of the tone uh, that came across. And man, um, that help me understand approach really, really works. You don't, uh, you didn't, we weren't really making accusations. You were just like, hey, this is what it feels like. This is what it sounds like. Help me understand. So thank you for that. Keep asking questions like that because uh, that helps us understand one another and man, that builds bridges and wow, that does incredible things. So thank you for the the posture and the tone of that. Second thing, I sure am sorry for making it sound like that. Um, I'm not sure why that comes across, but I hope that as I answer this, um, this question, uh, I'll actually get better at saying the things that we do say. Uh, around disciples made uh, to keep calling people up in our effectiveness as disciple makers while at the same time not putting um, anything down. We don't want to do that. We do want to have those honest conversations. And in those honest conversations, we have hit on some things that would uh, leave uh, critical. But it's an important question that I'm still learning how to answer most helpfully. So I'm going to start with a quick answer and then I'll move on to a more full answer. Here's a quick answer. Like in episode one last week, uh, I said, I'm a fan of all efforts to disciple people. Um, there's different phases of spiritual formation needed, and Bible studies are great for learning. We need to learn the truth of the scripture. And when you study the Bible, you actually get to do that. The cognitive element of transformation is necessary. In fact, Paul highlights it in Romans chapter 12, where he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we having our minds renewed? It's by truth. Where do you learn the truth? From the Bible. How do you learn the truth from the Bible? You study it. You're in a Bible study. Truth is essential for living fully alive. And Jesus shows us just how essential it is when he says things like, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is absolutely critical to get freedom. In uh, John chapter uh, 17, he's praying for the disciples and he says something powerful. He says, your, your word is truth. Sanctify them, Father. Sanctify them by your truth. So truth is the means to transformation. But transformation in those things is the goal, and this is where I start to turn. I want everybody to, to, to know, though, we absolutely believe the content is critical. We're content-flavored is one of our pillars. Content's critical. You need the truth to be set free, but the point is 
freedom, not truth. So at any point we start to prioritize the uh, accumulation of knowledge over the transformation based upon that knowledge, then we start to get things backwards. And and that was really um, my experience. I used to believe fully the more people understood, the more their lives would change. But that assumption was a failed assumption because we weren't seeing that transformation. The transformation requires more and it requires habits. It requires a focus on particular outcomes. We have to know what the transformation looks like that we're headed to so that the habits can support that effort. Hannah, I think Wait, it was... What? Are you saying that I can't just read the Bible and then not do anything about it? I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Thanks for your snarkiness. Well, it's like going... Like last week uh, when we were talking, you talked about how you were going to the gym by yourself. Yep. I mean, you had some consistency going on there, but you didn't have expert content guiding you in the process, community support to help you push forward further and faster than you were. And you said like, when, once you got that coach telling you the truth about what you could and, and probably shouldn't do, uh, things started to really move forward. And we're saying yeah. that's the same thing, but to only learn how to lift the weights, but not get in the gym and do them, mm, isn't going to get much. you where you want. Uh, to go. So here's the other part, you know, you got to be transformed and uh, the information uh, doesn't or the truth or the Bible study doesn't necessarily bring about that transformation if there aren't habits, if there aren't particular outcomes that you're going after, isn't if there isn't real significant community and vulnerability in order to help you grow uh, in that and get that support. But even more, think about this, mature disciples reproduce disciples. They really do. Uh, Bible studies, if it's all about gaining content, then Bible studies can actually reproduce Bible teachers if they're gifted, but perhaps not um, disciples. And uh, I'll give you some reasons on that. Like, why are we not multiplying? I just is a is a, one of the questions that came up. And I'll just go ahead and mention this real quickly here. Bible studies seem to be, um, a, in general terms, a teacher sharing with people what they know about the scripture, helping people study. That's what we're doing. We're studying it. And that is modeled after our education program where a teacher, you know, K through 12 teaches kids information so that they can take that information and start to, you know, appropriately assimilate that information in living uh, a, a good and meaningful and productive life. Teacher, student, teacher, student. It doesn't seem to reproduce more and more teachers all the time. And so I think it would be kind of a, a stretch to say that Bible studies can reproduce disciple makers unless a, that particular leader is doing that. So I'm all for all kinds of stuff, and uh, but can they actually, can Bible studies actually reproduce at that level? I would go back and ask uh, to the degree that all five of the the pillars are there. So how did you get to that spot then of knowing that there was more yeah. to what those small groups that you were leading could be? That's, that's a critical question. So thank you. And the backstory here is extraordinarily critical. Just like anyone else who wants to multiply disciples or make disciples in a, in a meaningful way, I always wanted to see people fully alive. I mean, I had some pretty supernatural experiences when I was young uh, with Jesus that have me still extraordinarily passionate about 
uh, loving him and uh, living fully alive through him and helping other people see that. You know, I was discipled well, but I wasn't passing on the fullness of what I had received. I just didn't see people catching what I had caught in my life, and that was discouraging. I kept trying to convince myself, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, because I needed to (laughs) feel good about myself. But quite honestly, until that first Disciples Made group, I was pretty gravely dissatisfied with my effectiveness in being a disciple maker. But in that first group, that first Disciples Made group, uh, which we now call Leaders Made, uh, the fruit that was coming out of these men's lives was like 30 uh, percent greater. Uh, I remember their their wives would catch me at church and say, "I don't know what you're doing with my husband, but you can never quit." <laughs> like that's a good sign right there. Well, tell me, what are they like? Well, they're just more self controlled. They're reading they're reading scripture on a daily basis. They're sharing their life. They're sharing with me what they're learning. And I thought, man, this is incredible. But it wasn't just the character piece that was going up. Their ownership of the mission of Jesus, their ownership of the small group ministry at the church, their ownership of their personal mission was just off the charts. I mean, they went from not knowing what their gifts were to knowing and owning and using those gifts in a very uh, profitable way for the church and uh, the, the community. So, man, that was just huge. And so after that very first group, I started asking the question, what's unique about this? Think about it. You know, all I did was throw together this first Disciples Made group um, on a on an Excel spreadsheet in a coffee shop one afternoon. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and then it had that kind of outrageous um, spiritual growth. And then I'm asking the question, what is it? What happened? What did we do? What's the mixture that caused this type of? Of transformation, and out of that question came the first three pillars. And the first three pillars were: we're focused on these outcomes of character and calling, fruit of the spirit, and gifts of the spirit. We're relentlessly pursuing those outcomes. We talk about them all the time. We're measuring them repeatedly. We're asking about them. Um, so those became uh, that became the first pillar: outcome focused. Then it was habit fueled. We were focused on the habits, and we were. Uh, big about inviting people into them. You're reading scripture seven days a week. You're journaling five days a week. If you're not doing that, we're going to know and um, and we're actually going to support you in this. So Habit Fuel became that second uh, pillar there. And then that, that third pillar, instead of telling people what to think, we uh, tried to teach them how to think by sharing different perspectives from different authors and from different books. And uh, that was a fun discovery process. So you've mentioned three pillars. Um, We have five. So when did the other two come in? The other two came in when uh, Rob Wegner moved to Kansas City. Uh, Part of our team, uh, Rob uh, is one of the founding leaders of the Kansas City Underground. Um, You hear him on here uh, on a regular basis. But he brought the next two pillars. uh, And those pillars were Community Forged, where he talks about um, the the one-on-one with God, the one-on-three uh, where you're fully transparent with two or three other people in your life. Uh, we'll actually talk about those in our next episode on the D-Group strategy, so that's going to be pretty fun. And then the 1 in 12 and whatnot. So we brought Community Forge and Mission Fixated. We need to, as a group of people, be fixated on a particular mission together for that thing to really, uh, really grow. So the, the, the more pillars you have in these 
Bible studies, the more significant the change is going to be. And uh, so we, I know that I sound like a broken record, in, even in my own ears, but these pillars are critical for spiritual formation. To the degree that a Bible study has them, I'm a huge fan. To the degree a Bible study just continues to teach you more about the Bible, but doesn't help you apply that and be transformed by because of that application, uh, the more I find them to be uh, potentially dangerous in time. The Bible itself says that knowledge puffs up, but wisdom builds up. And for me, and, and for what I've seen from a lot of folks, the more knowledge, the more puffed up you are. And uh, we don't want that for folks. It's a, it's a carbohydrate. It's a shell. It's not protein. It's not strength. It's not spiritual fortitude. And we want the absolute best that Jesus came and lived and died and was resurrected and sent his spirit for us to have. So we're going to be relentless in pursuit of you having the absolute best. So I want to kind of turn it around on our listeners. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So you asked us um, what we think about Bible studies and if they're good enough or not. So I want you as um, the discipleship pastor, the lead pastor, um, somebody who volunteers at your church, leading groups, um, what do you think after going through this episode and listening, I might even encourage you to listen back again um, and really reflect on your own experiences that you're leading. Mm, Are question. your small groups adequate enough? Um, do you focus way too much on content or are you doing a great job in um, focusing on habits and outcomes? Um, does your small group have a mission? Which pillars are you doing great at? And maybe which ones are you missing and need to add? Hmm. Um, and how can Disciples Made assist you in that? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Just as the people that we are leading, we're helping them in transformation. I think this episode is a really, really good opportunity for us to see um, where we're at and where we can go. Yeah, the question ultimately behind this question, Hannah, and you're, and you're helping us appropriately diagnose this is how fully alive are we actually helping people become? If your Bible study is helping people really make the most, like they're really developing fruit, they're becoming more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, and self-controlled and good, and their relationships are growing, then man, that's awesome. Um, if, if your Bible study is helping people discern what their spiritual gifts are and what their passion is uh, in the world to help, uh, you know, bring Jesus shalom and his rule into those broken areas of life, they're, they're using their gifts to, to serve Jesus and, and, jo and joining the Great Commission and they're reproducing the life of Jesus in other people. If your Bible study is doing that, great. <laughs> then we love it. You know, it's not Bible study. It's, it's, um, we, we would actually say that that's more than Bible study because you're not just studying it. You're living it. And go God with that. So, yeah, we love it. As a matter of fact, um, we are in the process of uh, upgrading some things that Disciples Made. Our, our app that we've been using, we are taking it to a whole new level. There's a lot of uh, momentum in our organization, and uh, we're ready to make a big capital investment into going to a state-of-the-art uh, app, a full native app in iOS and Android. Uh, by the end of the year, we're really excited about that, and we're doing that because we want to be able to offer 
more IDEs for you, intentional disciple-making environments to use to disciple others all the way along the spiritual pathway, starting with spiritual curiosity or wondering, someone wondering why their life doesn't feel like they're living fully alive. And of course, we're making a huge investment to do this and we need your financial partnership uh, to do so. So in the program notes below, if you would, please click the link there. It'll take you right to our donation page and it's there that you can start a monthly contribution, whether large or small does not matter to us. Just knowing that you're with us and doing this is an extraordinarily meaningful thing uh, to us. We want to build this uh, app. We want to build this team. Uh, we want to uh, be prepared to serve you even better in the future in your efforts to make disciples. If you're interested in uh, more significantly uh, being a financial partner with Disciples Made and you want to hear more and kind of hear in detail what we're doing to increase this support, just email me at podcast at disciplesmade.com and we'll reach back out to set up a meeting uh, with you, share more specifically what we're doing and see how God might be leading you to partner with us. Here's the new vision, by the way, Hannah. Ooh. We haven't really uh, talked about this yet, but uh, we've been talking for a long time, 50 disciple-making movements in 50 cities by 2040. We're seeing 70,000 disciple-makers leading 2 million people to become fully alive. 70,000 disciple-makers helping 2 million people be live fully alive, develop fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit by 2040. So more on that. We need your help in getting there. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week where we unpack the difference between a D group and disciples made group triads. We hope that what you heard today was an encouragement to you or that it increased your curiosity in making disciples that make disciples. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences or set up a coaching call, you can visit us at disciplesmade.com or email podcast at disciplesmade.com.